The Dark is Rising, a drama by Susan Cooper for BBC World Service. Episode 11, The Hunt Rides. And the white mare, skimming the foaming water, leapt westwards with desperate speed. Yet still Merriman urged her on, and will knew why. The great black tornado column of the dark had gathered again, even vaster than before, bridging earth and sky. It was following them, and it was moving very fast. Of it all, Will. You have the six signs, but they are not yet joined. If the dark can take you now, they take all they need to rise to power. On they galloped, past houses and shops, and unwitting people fighting the floods across fields, through trees, and always the great black spinning column of the dark with the rider at its center pursued them. Will sensed now that the grey massed sky was no longer empty of life, but peopled with creatures, neither of the dark nor of the light, clustering, separating, holding great power. And then, with swift enchanted ease, they both slid to the ground. The mare bent her head to them and Will laid his hand on her tough, smooth, white neck. Look, Will. Look. That tree. Do you see? That is Hearn's oak. Yes, of course. The big oak tree in the Great Park. Where... Where Hearn the hunter is supposed to ride on the eve of Twelfth Night. I go to gather the hunt, Will. Tonight, the wild hunt rides for the first time in more than a thousand years. Winds were breaking the sky apart. A half-moon sailed high through the clouds, then vanished again. Lightning danced in six places at once. Merriman! The dog's been stopped by something. It's circling, like it's looking for a way in. An old way rings the great park with. The same ancient route that leads through Hunter's Cone. It will protect us, but only for a while. Look, there, by the great oak tree. There's someone by it. Shadow the size of a man. The white horse must go to the hunter. Go, my friend, to the shadow beneath the tree. Go, to hunt the hunter. He has immense power. Will swung round. The moon sailed clear of cloud again, and he saw John Smith. John! Astride the great Shire horse from Dawson's farm. Where is Mary? Your sister is safe at home, boy. She got lost, you know. Fell asleep in an old barn and had such a curious dream that she is already forgetting. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you. All goes well, John. Now give it to the boy. With a quick, mirthless grin that seemed to mask great strain, the smith lowered the shadowed object he was carrying towards Will, who 
took hold of it and was surprised by its lightness. The Jamaican carnival head. And now you must take it to the hunter, young woman. Give him the mask with a scatter. Give him the mask that has traveled so far through so many eyes. So many eyes. So many Holding the mask before him, Will walked firmly towards the deep shadow of the broad spreading oak. The moon sailed out again suddenly from behind a cloud and dazzled Will briefly. And when he looked again, the white horse and its rider had moved out of the shadow. With difficulty, Will dragged his gaze up to look properly at the head of the great horned mask that Hearn had put on. The signs, old one, show me the signs. Without taking his eyes from the towering figure, Will fumbled with his buckle and held them up high in the moonlight. Here, six quartered circles. (sighs) The hunter looked at them, bent his head. When he raised it again, he began. When the dark comes rising, six shall turn it back. Three from the circle, three from the track. Wood, wood, bronze, bronze, iron, iron, water, water, fire, fire, stone, stone. Five will return. Five and will one return, go alone. And one go alone. Iron. For the birthday, iron for the birthday. carried long. Carried wood long. from the burning. Wood from Stone the burning. out of song. Fire, in, Fire the in the candle Water, Water from the thaw. Six, Six signs the, the circle. And the grail gone before. And the grail gone before. Where Merriman's face was marked with lines of sadness and anger. The hunters told instead of a pitiless impulse to revenge. Fire on the mountain shall find the harp of gold, played to wake the sleepers, oldest of the old. Power from the green witch, lost beneath the sea. All shall find the light at last. On the tree. The yellow eyes looked at Will again, but they did not see him now. They had grown cold, abstracted, with a chill fire mounting in them. Merriman, why does he look like that? It is not cruelty. It is not cruelty. It is nature. It is nature. The nature of things, indifferent and inevitable. Indifferent and inevitable. Everywhere. And from every shadow or tree or cloud leaping round the ground and through the air came an endless pack of huge white animals, ghostly in the half-light, sounding and belling. Listen. Listen. The yell hounds. The yell hounds are running. 
gathering around Hearn on his horse, their red eyes in their white heads were like flames. Like flames, and their red ears stood taut upright with a dreadful eagerness. You would not wish to be hunted by such dogs, will you? Suddenly Hearn stiffened, his great horns now pointing as a hunting dog points. Shutting out sky and earth and sound, the deadly spinning pillar came at will, and will alone, dreadful in its furious, whirling energy, the dark came for will. But as he called on every spell at his command, he knew he could feel his hands were powerless to move for the signs for help. dark enwrapping him came a sound. At the peak of their power now in full cry they came roaring out of the great dark thundercloud riding on the storm and at their head was Han. At the sound of the wild hunt's hell like thousand tongued yelping the dark flinched and swayed. High up in that abysmal dark cyclone, Will saw the rider spin his horse fiercely and seemed to cast something impatiently from his saddle, a small dark object that fell limp and loose to the ground and lay there like a discarded cloak. I saw. Is it over? More or less. The dark is... The dark is vanquished. In this encounter, at least. You see, nothing may outface the wild hunt. Hearn will hunt the dark to the very ends of the earth, where it must skulk now, awaiting its next chance. But for the next time, we are made stronger by your completed quest, Will Stanton. By your having the sixth sign and the gift of grammary, 
we are this much stronger and closer to gaining victory at the very end. There is left only the joining of the signs. But before that, one small thing. Will followed Merriman puzzled as he strode towards the shadow of Hearn's Oak. And then he saw on the snow the crumpled cloak the black rider had let fall as he turned to flee. No, not a cloak, a man. Those who ride high with the Lord of the Dark must expect to fall. And men do not fall easily from such heights. I think his back is broken. He threw me down. And you knew it would happen. Only my head. I feel my head because of the pain. But my arms, my legs, they're not there. Merriman. I am lost. I know it. Will you make me live on with the worst suffering of all to come? The last right of a man is to die. You prevented it all this time. You made me live on through the centuries when often I longed for death. And all for a betrayal that I fell into because I had not the wit of an old one. (laughs) You were hawking my foster son and liege man betrayed me to the light so you became the walker to walk the earth for as long as the light required it but we have not kept you since then my friend once the walkers task was done you were free but you chose to listen to the promises of the dark that freedom to choose is still yours I did not take it away. I may not. I may have rest. There can be an end and rest if I choose. All your choices have been your own. Hawkin then turned to Will, and the eyes that looked up at him were bright once more. The lively eyes of the small, neat man in the green velvet coat. Will. Will. Use the gift well, old one. Hawkin looked back at Merriman. A long, unfathomable private look. Master. The lights went out behind the bright eyes. And there was no longer anyone there.
The Darkest Rising, a drama by Susan Cooper. Episode 11 of 12 was adapted for audio by Robert McFarlane and Simon McBurney. Directed by Simon McBurney. Produced by Catherine Bailey and Tim Bell and is a complicité and Catherine Bailey production for BBC World Service and is commissioned by Simon Pitts. <laughs>